Thanks as always to the Alberta Podcast Network for your support. Built by Karen Unland and powered by ATB Financial, the APN is an initiative to push Alberta-run podcasts to the next level. If you're interested to learn more, check us out at albertapodcastnetwork.com. The APN is proudly powered by ATB Financial and The Branch, their clubhouse, arts venue, and financial institution for creatives and cultural workers here in Alberta. In Calgary, they have an amazing location right here on Stephen Avenue and First Street Southwest looking up at the Calgary Tower. They are also sponsoring my favorite local art month, Exposure Photography Festival, right here in Calgary. Imagine a whole month of incredible photography, exhibitions, talks, meet and greets, and hopefully generally warmer weather. If you don't know about it, you need to check out The Fence. Great exhibition, but it is outside. ATB is everywhere art is, and I've become grateful for all their tireless efforts to keep creativity growing here in the city. For more info, check out atb.com backslash the branch. Welcome back to the Perspectives YYC podcast. This is an exciting week. I've produced a double header as we head into Exposure Photography Festival Month. 2020 is here and the exhibitions look incredible. I personally had the opportunity to speak with two event organizers and friends of mine. On this episode, I'm speaking with Curtis Des, my friend, talent photographer, and the risk manager at Mount Royal University. His career at MRU has allowed him to build an incredible show in the main halls on campus. This is the third exhibition that he's produced, and this year's show, titled Intersections, promises to be the best yet. Drawing on his artistic philosophy of looking for humanity in his subjects and engaging his viewers, you won't want to miss this year's exhibition. The exhibition will feature artists Curtis, Jeremy Falkins, Asim Overstands, Zach Paulus, Carrie Schatz, and Anne Tapler-White. For more on this, I went to Curtis's office to get better insight into his process and inspiration of putting these shows in general. The show itself is up for a year, which is incredible. But the opening reception will be February 6th, Thursday at 3 p.m. And uh, if you can, get there. Curtis, uh... so maybe we'll start there. Uh, I'm at MRU at the Mount Royal University to visit you. Um, I know you as a photographer, but uh, why don't we just kind of rewind and you can tell me why I'm in an office at MRU. What do you do here? Yeah, so my, my the job that I get paid for and that I pay the bills with, um, is uh, working here at MRU as uh, the risk manager. Um, so completely separate from any of the photography stuff, obviously. Um, but I have been fortunate enough uh, working at a university to be able to incorporate that love for photography into into my uh, my work. Um, and uh, so a few years ago, I, I took over the as the chair of the, um, the art committee for Mount Royal. And then with that, um, was able to start up a a small little exhibition space, I guess, um, on the main campus here. And I've had a show, run a show the last three years now um, that's coincided with uh, exposure. And yeah, so that's that's the tie-in. Yeah, I mean, uh, specifically, functionally, we're here because you got an opportunity, or you've made an opportunity for yourself to build another show for exposure, which is exciting. Um, one that I, I think, if I understand correctly from when we talked before, is about our shared, one of our shared photographic um, passions that to 
uh, yeah. passions. Yeah. Uh, street, the idea of quote unquote street photography, um, which is its own uh, interesting nuance. Yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah, like we can go through once again um, what the show itself is specifically about. And then I want to kind of get into yeah, your relationship with MRE, why they're even letting you have this space and what the shows are for, but just specifically for this show itself. Um, yeah, so it's, so it's called Intersections, um, for lack of a better title, I suppose. Um, it's it's basically just international an international street photography exhibit, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I mean that's I mean that's essentially that's essentially it. I was trying to tie um, each show. I try to tie in with with something to do with uh, the university's sort of strategic outlook. Um, so this one sort of is tied in with the, the whole idea of internationalization. So um, yeah, I thought I thought the what better way than to put some, some street photography up and. So yeah, we've got some some people, some local talent, and um, people that have traveled a little bit, and um, the whole the whole idea is is to show just sort of connections uh, um, between you know between places, right? So it's not just it's not just uh, you know a, an image of a, a prototypical you know Asian scene or something where that that people would see. It's 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 showing that people all over the world are essentially. At their core, the same or you know very similar. We're just we just happen to be in different places. Well, you know it's interesting this idea of both that you're putting on a show for street photography. But I like um, hearing, as we were discussing last time. But something that I'm learning about you, which is uh, that you want an underlying connection. You want it to be about people, maybe a, a broader sort of statement on I don't know humanity or the fact that we aren't that different, even though. The trend now is to look for the capital O other in everybody and to be able to pick a side and just be upset with everybody. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like that's getting worse. I mean, that's always been part of you know human history too, but yeah. uh, man, like this is why I have to turn off the news. I feel like yeah. everybody's trying to pick a fight with everybody else about something. Uh, even within our genre in our city, there's going to be people that are fighting about what real street photography is. And yeah, that's why I, I actually don't even like using that term because it's just, I don't know. Everyone has their definition. And it, it tends to be people that that, that do street photography that, that have this definition of what they consider to be street photography. Um, that's why, I mean, if, if anything, I like to even use docu documentary, documentary photography a little bit more. Um, but even that's like, I mean... Even that's not accurate because you're capturing something very specifically. Um, so to say that it's an actual document of, of whatever it is, I mean, it's it's your document of what you decided to document, but it's not necessarily, you know. Um, so anyway, yeah, these these people love to place titles on things and put them in 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 categories, yeah, boxes or something. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it makes me wonder. How did you put the call out? I remember there was, um, I don't know if it's a rewording, but you you had a little bit of a small evolution in the way you were putting it out to get submissions. And then how was the curatorial process to build the show? Um, I can't remember now. I know there's a few of your peers that are like friends that are in it, but um, how many people again are in it? Um, there's there's six total. There's, so there's five and kind of on the main, the main street photography sort of wall. And then, um, there's a, a, a sixth artist, uh, Zach Polis, who kind of has his own thing. It just, it, 
he's on the the side wall because um, he has a very specific sort of theme um, of these uh, these sunbathers in in uh, Chigasaki, Japan, I believe. Um, so anyway, I thought it warranted that it's its own kind of its own kind of piece. So um, yes, yeah, so and then there's five five people um, on the rest of the show, and it basically just runs east to west. And um, yeah, I mean, you, I put up put up the open call, and I wasn't really sure exactly what I was gonna. What I was going to get back and I wasn't even sure exactly what it was going to end up becoming. I think I just basically called it a street photography exhibit to start with um, because I wanted to then, you know, sort of choose the, the, the title and the theme once I started to get some of the some of the work in. Like I didn't want to if, if I got something really strong I, that, that maybe didn't fit, I wouldn't want to have to, you know, not use it. So. I kept it, I kept it pretty wide open and then, um, depending on what I got in and I ended up, and I think I ended up reaching out to one or one or two people, um, which, which I tend, which I've done the last couple of years. Um, like the first year with the show that you, that you participated in, um, I, I, I reached out to George Weber before anything got his approval that he was going to join the show. And then I built it off of that. So same, same type of idea. So I just, except kind of the opposite, I guess I waited till the, the submissions came in and then tried to build around. Um, the work that that I liked that I wanted to use. So, it was interesting too earlier when you mentioned um, having an approach that incorporates sort of a, a broader university-focused philosophy or direction. Is that something that you are uh, directed to do by the university, or something that you just feel um, is warranted or, yeah. or is owed, or you know? I feel, I feel I feel compelled to do it because because of the venue. But I mean, at the same time, I can't imagine that I would ever, if I had, you know, a, a space anywhere, that I wouldn't try to have some type of educational type component to it. I think that, that we're sort of doing a disservice um, to put on shows of, of pretty pictures. Because in my opinion, who gives a shit about a pretty picture? If you have a platform, you know, even you with the, with the podcast or whatever, right? If you have a platform to say something, then and make it worth worth your while you know like don't like i don't i'm not like obviously uh, there's no there's no monetary considerations here right it's just a show um so you know i'm not trying to make money off of anything like why why not do something with some meaning right like i think it's fascinating too i was reflecting a little bit after we had spoken um i mean you mentioned too uh, having the having the the luxury or maybe that's uh, and see me, but being blessed to have this position, having a full career, um, but then your uh, direction of your career has brought you into an educational uh, environment and not like in a corporate environment, um, which probably reflects more about you as a, a person. Um, and then being able to support your development as an artist, etc., uh, largely uh, without the burden or the corruption even of thinking that whatever you build, it has to be saleable. Mm -hmm. The show too, uh, my experience with uh, Perspectives is that my favorite shows for the most part uh, were the first series of like first rounds where um, while there's always monetary consideration because I don't have an income, mm -hmm. uh, um, the, the overwhelming sort of, you know, passion was just to get these artists on a wall you know and all this idealistic stuff yeah and then there's this really cool energy that comes out of it but it's cool because you know the other thing that we talked about which i think is unique is your show is not just for exposure it aligns with exposure but it's these pieces are for a year you're putting it in an area where it's not just for artists or people who are interested in the art scene um 
And maybe we could talk again about, you know, the philosophy or your uh, thought process behind that. Because you're not picking a room. You're not yeah. commandeering a classroom where it just goes up. I mean, the stuff's in the main hall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I mean the, the main reasoning behind that was, I mean, when I initially came up with the concept of having the show with, the, with George's and your show, um, it was because I, I saw the space. You know, you walk into the building and it's right there, right? So it's like, well, it's kind of a wasted space. Like, why, why don't we do something cool here? Put something up that, that that's going to draw some attention to it. Um, so that and that's that's the reason why it's in that space. Um, and, the, and again, the year the year long thing. Again, that's more of a budgetary concern more than anything because there are costs involved in, you know, prepping a wall and hanging pictures and twitting up the vinyl and doing all the things that go along with it. So, I mean, that's that that was part of that as well. Um, I did. I mean, exposure, I think, was was the thing that, that drove me to come even have the idea, though. I, I don't think if exposure didn't exist, I don't think that I would have um, that I would have even even thought about it. So, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, exposure did did drive the yeah the idea of having a show in general. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's great value in having it there, though. Right. I mean, even a couple of weeks ago before um, they had taken down this last show, um, you know, I was walking through and I saw a couple of people just standing there like reading, reading some of the, some of the stuff that was on the wall. And I'm like, how cool is that? That a year later, people are still stopping and, and having a look at it. Right. So, um, yeah, that, I, I, and I think that that's also another reason why I feel, um, a responsibility to put something up that's, that actually has some value to it. Uh, I mean, talking about, yeah, I guess amortizing costs of pitching the idea of, of here's some, the overhead costs of yeah, vinyl hanging labor. And as I learned, uh, You've got a, a team, not that they're getting paid for this event, but it takes everybody's time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think the year-long thing is also a reflection of you because that could easily be a six-month thing or a three-month thing, or even it comes down in a month that only goes up next year because you know those kind of costs and the idea of projecting that as a reason um, is a bit dismissive, I think, Curtis, of your intent of, or your, at least um, your subconscious feeling of what what this art is meant to be and how it could affect people. Because you could easily put it up for a month and just tell the university, well, you know, it's, it's down. You can, the wall, everything looks clean the way, because there are people that are going to approach that situation. And they just say, we don't have to do it for another year. So that, that could be sort of a, a asking permission as well. But I think it sounds like you advocated or at least proposed this idea that, you know, it should be up. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely did propose it, but yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it is more, more, more an issue of. Uh, I mean, this is we're in a post-secondary institution in in Alberta, right? So, so government funding isn't isn't what it what it used to be. So, um, budgetary costs are uh, as much as I, you know, I, I think it is important. Um, you kind of have to. I, I have to make the most with of my uh, my art budget dollars. So. You, you've been here in Calgary much longer than I have. Uh, but I wonder, because I guess the direction I'm thinking about is having, I, presumably having been through a couple of uh, busts and booms. And while this particular one seems, as a Torontonian only here from 2012, I don't actually understand what that means. You know, I haven't lived really through that. Yeah. Um, but from what I hear on the surface from folks that have been here, either generational or at least through a few of these events, that this one feels different because there doesn't seem to be the same um, hope of the same type of recovery coming back. So nobody's sitting there expecting this yeah. huge influx of cash all of a yeah. sudden. Um, my 
personal, very short windowed experience is that this, um, what you're talking about, and this is not to be a reflection of MRU itself, but that idea of uh, becoming more cost conscious and everybody just trying to survive. What I'm seeing on the ground, anyways, on the street level, is it's actually seems to be uh, inspiring more creativity. And I'm seeing a lot more, not just kids that are coming out as street artists, but people that have lost their jobs that are turning to sure. craftsmanship, painting, photography, yeah, sure. uh, service industry stuff. Yeah. That's creating a lot more, well, at least again, in my eyes, uh, a lot more energy there. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I guess and that's re- something that re- you... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm too... I mean, I'm not young by any means, but I, I'm, I'm too young to know when the, I mean, basically as an adult, um, you know, the, when I, when I started working in the real world, it was, uh, you know, things were booming. Right. So I didn't really see anything prior to that. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. And, but I think that that's a, that's a, that's the right evolution that should be happening right now. Things need to be diversified. It's not going to go back to the way it used to be because the world's changing. Right, we can't ex- we, we we can't expect to go go back to. And again, I'm not. A, I don't know anything about oil, the oil and gas industry, and I'm not going to comment on any of that or governments. You know, I I'm just not qualified, so no one needs to hear my opinion on any of those things. But I mean, yeah, that's that's the world is evolving faster than it ever has before. So I mean, we need to start th- thinking creatively. This idea that you know, um, you're owed a living doing the thing that you've always done. Things change. The world changes. We need to we need to evolve with it. Do you think, looking back, and you know, we'll have to come to the show. We we'll talk about quickly, you know, the opening and do a little pitch for that. But um, just reflecting quickly, and I'm presuming you know the images. I think we talked about how you've already um, pre-planned where everything is going. Do you feel like the show is going to reflect that a little bit? Do you think that's a global um, change, or do you think that's a very right now a very Calgary specific um, fear? No, no, I think the show definitely reflects that. It definitely it pulls in um, sort of the modernization of of, of things. Um, we have we have, yeah. I mean, there's the, there's work from from all over the world, and it kind of just shows the traditional mixed in with the modern, and um, yeah. And I think I think a lot of other places get that, and and I just don't I, I don't know that um, Calgary in Canada, for example, or probably Canada as, as a whole, has been around long enough to have really seen a lot of those huge changes, right? Um, Calgary has, I, 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 from my understanding, Calgary has always been an oil and gas city, right? So to change it from what it's always been, you know, whereas you look at a city like, like Paris or London or something, it's been all kinds of different things. It's, it's, it's seen, you know, all these different evolutions. Um, but, but Calgary in Canada hasn't really. So maybe it's just because it's the first time it's, it seems like a, like a bigger leap, but that's the way of the world, right? For us, it's feeling like we're aware of that. Yeah, what is the role of art? And then going back to the Calgary scene, this show, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about exposure because you're talking about your experience with exposure and as a photographer in Calgary inspires you to build the show and that maybe without this festival, which even living here, I only discovered, I think, four years ago, mm-hmm. um, which now that you've brought it up, Clearly, that's a big influence for me, too. Um, I've never thought about it directly, so I should give exposure a little bit more. I mean, I love exposure, but I should give it even more credit. Um, yeah, the, this weird thing about how presumably good and positive work is now influencing you to also create a, a positive experience through yeah. art. Um, you know, like what is like how, what is your experience with exposure? Well, that's, that's, what it's, that's what it's about, right? It's yeah. just like... 
Yeah, I mean, my, my I, I probably discovered exposure seven or eight years ago when I was actually just out shooting. I was wandering around, and I think I probably uh, I can't remember which gallery it was, but there was I know there was like some Gary Campbell work of these Peruvian tribesmen. Um, I can't remember where where it was. But I ended up stumbling in there. Like I was literally just out shooting street, and I saw this stuff. And then I think a pamphlet or something was out. And like, oh, what, what is this exposure? Like, so I started going through. I'm like, oh shit, there's a bunch of photography exhibits all over the city, and there's like three right around me right now on the street. So I started just wandering and, and checking out all these things. And 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 then from then on, I was kind of hooked. I was just, I'd go out shooting, and I would just pop into as many places as I could and tried to see every show that I possibly could. And it was extremely inspiring. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that inspired me. So then when I had the opportunity to start a show here, like what better opportunity than to have a show in a public space where there's tens of thousands of people walking through, most of which probably don't know anything about exposure, have very little, very limited, you know, exposure to any type of photography other than probably what they're seeing on their phone. Um, and, you know, if I can capture even 1% of those people and have them think something different about photography because they walked by and saw something like what a brilliant opportunity. Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, then, you know, that's going to inspire them to go and do something, something else. Right. And, and it's not even about photography. It's just about expanding people's minds and w ways of thinking, right. Taking people out of their, their little, their little bubble. Right. So an, an accounting major can walk by and, see something and then it's not necessarily going to like change their path in life but maybe it's going to make them think a little bit differently when they go back and they're working in their corporate job and you know they're going to think differently about how how, how to solve a certain certain problem or whatever right it's all just positivity influencing others and just watching that snowball yeah i remember i was uh doing that app. I don't know if we were talking too closely at that time, but uh, I had an opportunity to work at the UFC to try to develop an app um, for perspectives. We were going to do something with art galleries and all this kind of stuff. Um, and whatever my experience overall with that, with that project, one of the shocking things for me was I was working with three kids. Uh, um, I, I, mean, I don't know if they're born and raised Calgary, but they're growing up in Calgary and none of them knew that there were art galleries in the city. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sure Toronto is very similar, like every city is very similar, depending on how you grew up, where you grew up, what your parents are into, etc. But it was surprising that, you know, you're going to the, the big university campus, the big city, you know, and wherever you're living, you're coming in. And the only thing they knew about art is the Glenbow, because yeah. school trips go there yeah. and there's a paying admission. When I told them that Calgary, had, apparently what I've read is Calgary has the largest number of private owned galleries in yeah. Canada per, you know, in the city um, that we've got galleries that represent every kind of, mostly contemporary, but every type of yeah. art. Um, and that even me trying to ferret them out um, in my own way, I, I don't think I've even been to half of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a product of urban sprawl, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I got into street photography because I wanted to see things that I hadn't seen growing up living in the Calgary suburbs, right? You, you you end up being in this this very tiny little bubble of whatever it is, um, you know. In bigger cities where, um, you know, transit is less of an issue and and people walk, I mean, you 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 come across these things where it, everything is all sort of mixed in, right? Like there are, um, it's not just the same cookie cutter house and the same you know, convenience store and grocery store and flower shop and whatever it is that you see in in these these communities, right? It's you're you're mixed in with with everything. Um, 
they, the city is built so that you don't leave those communities, like you said, right? So, so it's impossible for people to, to, to see these things because obviously people aren't advertising about galleries or, or whatever. So, um, you know, the, how, how would you get drawn into any of them? And we drive everywhere in the city too. We drive everywhere. So if, if you're driving everywhere, you're not going to notice this stuff. Yeah, we'll skip the talk about the transit infrastructure in the city. Yeah, but I mean, the, all these, all those things play in, though, right? Yes. Like the the lack of transit infrastructure, the the urban sprawl, the these weird communities all over the place. It all it all adds into to making things extremely difficult um, to to expand sort of the the art the art world in the city. And there's a ama- there's amazing things happening, but it's just a matter of just getting that word out there. So that's why I mean I think. This show is so beneficial because it hits a whole demographic that otherwise wouldn't see anything. That's the thing that I like about your show the most. Um, having being you know awarded or just having the honor of being able to participate in the first one. Um, I think at that time I was still driving, so I mean the opening night was was incredible. Even though yeah it was late, it was minus fucking thirty. It was a <laughs> yeah, snowstorm. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but it was a great event. It was well attended for for the situation. All of the um, more art community people made an effort to be there. Uh, there was less what you were talking like public foot traffic. Yeah. But I remember coming to visit you in general, or just being in the area, and seeing uh, random students suddenly having to turn and look. Or people reading, for example, Aaron's poem or uh, a description of uh, Solomon's work, and of course. Uh, uh, George Weber's incredible pieces, but even your uh, write-up on reconciliation and its uh, meaning. One of the things that I keep thinking is a problem is trying to get artists' work in these gatherings out to those suburbs. Like, how do I get a small coffee shop show and then get someone in Evanston to come down to Mission and say, look, uh, like the latest one, Harvey's this young kid, yeah, crazy yeah. pop art, street yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. painter. You need to see that this is happening here, but but it's not that they don't give a shit. I'm not able, I'm not sure how to make that communication happen. What I love about yours, I'm on the presumption of what the MRU student body is like. Um, it's I mean it's in the main hall, man. Like mm-hmm. it's not like people have to go and know a guy who knows a guy to sneak in a back. You can't you can't not see it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and whether it's even whether they care or not, there's that uh, subliminal thing. Totally. We walk by that thing every day. Totally. One day, you know, uh, you're going to see Caitlin, a, a giant portrait of Caitlin every day. As you keep walking, but one day you're going to be like, why is there, yeah, you know, this funny. obscure she's photo? Probably, she's going to be recognized for years yeah. to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so someone's going to walk by and be like, yeah, I don't like, know why, why I've why, seen Yeah, why do I know that thing? Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I think that's fascinating because then there could be a dialogue. Yeah. Um, Perhaps one of the problems that with people like me is I want to force that dialogue. To yeah, exactly. And you can't. You can't. You can just take whatever positive steps you can, and then just hope for the best. And it should just hopefully it'll just snowball and turn into something else, right? I mean, with social media, I mean that's a, that's a huge that's a huge way of 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 marketing right now. I mean, it's it's the main way to market things right now, right? So to get people down um, to check those things out, just yeah share it and just hope as many other people share it as, as possible right that's i mean people aren't watching commercials or you know reading newspapers or any of that kind of stuff anymore and probably not it wouldn't be the type of demographic that would want to go to a harvey show anyway so maybe um, i mean yeah. actually yeah harvey was a specific one i have i mean 
there's been some shows I've put on that have been very poorly attended without any slight to the artists themselves. Uh, mostly just, again, yeah, am I connected to the right people? Am I pushing hard enough as the person that built them? But that, that's, it's, it's, that's, I think that's just a difficult pursuit regardless. Right. Getting people out to come out to, to openings and things like that. I, I don't think that that's a... That's, that's any reflection of you or, or the work or anything. It's just it's just a difficult thing to do. <laughs> well, wait, yeah. I, I, it's, I mean, it's a cultural thing too, right? It's a yeah. cultural thing too. Well, yeah. if, if that's not what you're used to doing, if that's not what you've grown up doing, you know, it's all, yeah, it's, it's a cultural thing as well. Do you think, is there any plans then to, like you were saying, use these marketing things to push this type of show into a wider realm? Uh, no. None, <laughs> and the only the only reason being is that is is that because of the location, uh, it, it just isn't really necessary. I mean, obviously, I share stuff on my social media, and I you know tag exposure, and usually they they share whatever I'm sharing and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I, I I have I will have for this show probably the biggest audience of any show that exposure does, and that and that includes you know. Contemporary Calgary and Glenbow for the Vivian Meyer show and, and 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 all those huge venues because there's just so many people that walk through here now whether or not they're as engaged as as those people are likely not but I mean like I said it's a number it's a numbers game right so, so I mean speaking of that you uh, revealed to me that I likely won't be able to come to the opening because uh, when is it and what time is it February sixth at? at three p.m. right so yeah. February sixth which uh, third. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday, yeah. Yeah, at three p.m., which I think your intent is to yeah dr drive uh, as much. Yeah, I would just try to have it during during the day so that we get more of the student population because I mean that's kind of what it's about. So, this... well, quickly too, I think you mentioned last time and you were talking a little bit about yeah this cross pollination having all these different types of kids coming through, but I think you mentioned too that your connection with all the different faculties and administration staff here has also led to these um, potential projects to yeah. To bring in this so-called, you know, um, maybe aptly named non-art-driven MRU uh, focus, but to cross, you know, an artistic, an artistic sort of uh, um, talk. I can't remember who you're talking about, but there was something about maybe potentially having a. a yeah, well, there's a, there was a, there was a couple of things. So so I mean, the last couple of years, I've I've had faculty members reach out to me. Um, to go in and, and speak to classes just sort of about the exhibit and then more broadly just about photography and, and the use of photography and um, in different things so like speaking to like a criminal justice program and speaking to them about um, the use of photography and in, in research and, and that sort of thing um, so there's been opportunities like that that have that have come from it and um, but then also we have uh, like this this year uh, one of the submissions that i received was actually from a faculty member um, and it, we're not using it for the show um, but it was basically on this this research project about this um, this small town in Saskatchewan that was basically abandoned and this this kind of research that he had done uh, about it and he had these beautiful images that he had taken of of this old town that's now being you know I guess sort of reclaimed by the earth sort of thing. Um, so now there's the opportunity that we might actually use that and and and, and tie it in with the, with the art and find another space to to actually showcase some. Um, some some research projects like this that we can actually you know put up as as sort of art and also not only highlighting the the art but then also highlighting the research that's happening on campus as well so yeah there's lots of things that have sort of um spawned from from the original show which is which is awesome so cool it's so cool yeah well, i don't know i mean of course it's like 
it's uh, inspiring to see that uh, that you can break through these internal narrative stereotypes and not say like uh, a professor of criminal justice wouldn't give a shit about a photography show when the opposite is likely true. Yeah, once it, they it, see it, it. Yeah, I mean that that's the way that just the way the world is working now. I mean everything is connected, right? So. I mean, there's no there's no discipline that that functions in a bubble, and if if it does, you're you're probably or if you do, you're not going to be very successful at it, right? I mean, everything is everything is is, is related. Yeah. Well, um, well, I guess the last point. I mean, I mean, it's a pretty good way to end it. But the one thing I wanted to just get back at it too. Um, one of the things that struck me last time we were talking. Um, was uh, I mean you talked about ex discovering exposure um, and how it's you know it's inspiring uh, for you to do a little extra to be more part of the community. But uh, the story too that I love was uh, discovering George Weber's work and I think how it's influencing not just your photography. Maybe that conversation can wait till we can do a photography specific thing. But I feel like that also plays into how you approach this show. Um, the basis of photography, not just being a vehicle of capturing moments and documenting time, but there's empathy behind it too. Yeah, you, know, you want to be connected to people, yeah. which is fascinating. I think I think, and I think I said that to you last time too. That for me, it's less about the photography as it is about getting out. And I mean, I, I think initially it was about the photography, um, but then it just became about learning, and then it became about meeting people and a way of you know, seeing seeing part of the world and seeing meeting people that I would not otherwise meet. You know, not stepping outside of of my own bubble and, and and learning something. I think that's in the shows. I mean, you want people to connect that way, which I think is exciting. And I think if anyone does listen to this and hasn't been to one of your shows here, um, you know, it's something worth checking out. If not for only just seeing the environment that it's in and the opportunity that's there, that you wanted people to actually engage in it, which is a lost sort of communication tool. I feel like we've become so passive, you know, TV, internet, all this stuff, not to overly blame, but a lot of people end up just laying back and waiting for information to come to them. Mm -hmm. There's no critical uh, thought process. Yeah. But if you got to stand in front of something and then be like, why, I don't like this, or yeah. why do I feel tension when I see something like this? Or, yeah how much an individual might be challenged by them. And like I said, that might be studying accounting or, uh, or engineering or whatever. Because um, these, are, these are things that everybody struggles with. Uh, yeah, and there's just, there's so much out there, right? There's just, we're, always, we're constantly being inundated with images, with, with information, right? So yeah, to, to try to do something a little bit different and, and present something in a way that, that people aren't used to seeing, uh, you, can have, you can make a big impact. All right, well, I think that's, that's a good wrap. <laughs> uh, any last plugs? So uh, the show is February 6th, 3, here on the main campus at uh, MRU, the main building. What's the building? Yeah, it's the main, main Lincoln Park campus, like right, by, right in front of the, uh, the East Gate entrance there. Okay. Um, yeah, but it'll be up for a year. Yeah, go check it out. There's a lot of, a lot of, cool, a lot of cool stuff. I have some of my own work in it. I have, there's... Um, a great photographer named Anne Tapper White, who has a series from Africa. She actually has some of the work actually is up at uh, Contemporary Calgary now as well. So it's a couple of images from there. 
uh, Jeremy Falkins, Asim um, Overstands, uh, Carrie Schatz, and Zach Paulus. And I think that's it. Yeah, so a lot of great photographers in my, in my view um, and lots of really cool, interesting work that's kind of all over the place. So yeah, worth a, worth a look. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, and you personally, anything to shout out? No, no. I don't, I don't think so. No, no, no. You check me out on Instagram, Curse Des. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only place I ever do put anything and, um, yeah, I'll have different updates on, on the show and everything like that on there as well. So that's it. Just do good things. All right. Well, thanks for letting me into your office. Yeah. Hopefully this works out. Hopefully there's no the buzzing or no matter what happens at this spot museum fuck it yeah it's yeah. either it's now or never cool man yeah, yeah. you know like with this with this show i mean with, with with all the shows the opening is just a nice thing to have or whatever but i mean just come check it out like i mean I suppose you can hear some of the photographers speak and, and and what they what they have to say about their work which is which is to me it's always interesting but just come see it right <laughs> all right thanks curtis gets us connected to incredible local creators and podcasters. Here's Eric Newby to explain what he and Christian Zip get up to on their podcast, Pop Cycle. Hey, it's Eric from Pop Cycle, the Pop Culture Connections podcast. On our show, we discuss just how incestuous pop culture really is, but in a really fun way. We take a chunk of culture, be it a movie, an actor, a song a musician or a book, and then by going as far away as possible by way of six degrees of separation, we end up right back where we started. It's a lot of fun, so if you're so inclined, take a listen. We're also part of the Alberta Podcast Network, so you can find us via albertapodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.